I've seen guys that spent thirty, forty thousand dollars cash on duplexes, got a property manager, things went okay for a couple months, the tenants ended up leaving. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we get straight to the good stuff on real estate investing advice. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We go straight into all of the things that can help you move your business forward in real estate investing. Today, we've got a guest and I'm really excited to share our conversation with you. It's James Wise. How you doing, James? Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for being on the show. And James is the co-founder of the Holton Wise Property Group, which is based in Cleveland, Ohio. He's a real estate broker and his company manages a portfolio of about 250 units. And of those 250, they own about 100 of them. So he's actively investing and he's also doing some brokerage stuff. He is a huge, even though he's in Cleveland, he's a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan. So we'll have to figure out what the deal of that is, right? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, okay. Maybe, maybe I mixed up my show notes. Sorry about that. <laughs> whoa. I am a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan, Joe. Oh, oh, I must have misheard you earlier. My bad. <laughs> oh, man. I've got so many listeners in California, so I, I want to keep them happy. So I, I throw out some California references as much as I can. <laughs> He's a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan. So with that being said, James, you want to talk a little bit about what you're focused on now with real estate and, and what you've been up to? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, my company, as you said, we manage 250 units. Uh, 100 of those we own. We're a full-fledged brokerage and property management company. So 
The majority of our business is geared towards investors. Uh, we work primarily with out-of-state investors looking to buy rental property here in Cleveland. So we do work with a lot of Lakers fans <laughs> to buy rental properties. But, you know, they're all in Cleveland. So they reach out to us. Uh, we work on their behalf to find the best deals on the market for them. And then we broker the deal for them, act as their buyer agents. We handle any repairs necessary to get the property rent ready. And then we handle the property management for them. And when they're ready to liquidate, we handle the sale for them. Wow, what a nice business model. How, how did you get into that? Yeah, it's a really good business model. I like it. It's similar to turnkey, except for my goal is to never buy the property and then sell it to them. I, I don't want to buy the property. I feel doing it this way, our interests are more aligned. Because obviously, if I'm putting up my money to buy the property, my goal would be to sell the property for as much money as I possibly can. And right. the investor's goal, and I'm trying to build a long-term relationship with that investor, You know, his or her goal is always going to be to buy the property for as low as they can. So doing it this way, our interests are more aligned, and my inventory is much bigger. You know, It's not bottlenecked to what we can actually buy, rehab, and then sell. Everything available in our operating market you know, is open for the taking. Yeah, and there's a lot of accountability on your end with this model because you're selling them the property, but then you're also responsible for managing it according to whatever pro forma you've initially established. Exactly. That's very unique. That's pretty cool. When did you start this company? I've been investing in real estate since 2009. Originally, when I started doing this, we actually did not have uh, the goal or the idea to start a brokerage doing this. I was a real estate agent. My partner, John Holton, has been a general contractor for 15, 20 years. And uh, we've known each other through mutual friends for about 10 years now. And before that, we, uh, we just decided to hook up. He owned a rental property. I owned one rental property. We hooked up together and we started buying rental properties of our own. We got up to about 10 rental properties. And then I, uh, I found uh, websites and other investors interested in this thing. So I started telling everybody what it is that we were doing and talking to other people about what we were doing. And there turned out to be a pretty huge demand for people looking for guys like us to help them buy properties in uh, the Midwestern markets such as Cleveland because they're out in California and everything is obviously so much more expensive. It's pretty much impossible to get cash flow. So we noticed there was a need and we just kind of switch gears a little bit with our business model to fulfill that need. And uh, it has turned out really well for us. When you're looking at a property to broker and to do the repairs and the management, how do you qualify the deal initially for you to get going on it? Well, the very first thing to us is the location. Cleveland is a very, very large area. And as people know, or if they don't know, they should know, there's a lot of bad areas of the city. We only focus on a very small section of the city of Cleveland and then some of the surrounding suburbs. So when I'm looking at a property that I would like to potentially sell to an investor, let's say in California, I only look at properties that are in zip codes where John and I act actively manage and own our own properties. So any property that I send somebody, you know, I know the neighborhood, I know the kind of tenants that are going to get put in that home. I know what the rents are going to be. I, I don't like to sell anybody anything that I wouldn't personally buy. How many zip codes and what are those zip codes? We work uh, in Cleveland. We work, let me see, they're the Southwestern zip codes. So 44109, 
44135-44111. And then uh, a couple suburbs. We work Parma, Parma, Ohio, which is uh, 44129-44134. And then um, we work Brook Park. Can't remember the zip code of Brook Park off the top of my head. Is that, Are all those basically southwest Cleveland? Yeah, yeah. We work the southwestern corner of Cleveland and then all the suburbs around it. Lakewood as well. We also work Lakewood. Why southwest? And can you educate us on the other regions of Cleveland, just kind of giving us the, the high-level overview of them? The reason we chose southwest is that's, that's where we're from. That's where we know everything. That's, uh, that's where we grew up. So we comprehend and we understand the community. We have expert knowledge about that community. Like Parma, for instance, our office location is in Parma. I grew up in Parma. John grew up in Parma. We both went to Parma High. I went to college in Parma. What college is in Parma? Cuyahoga Community College. Awesome. Yeah, I got a business degree from them. So that, you know, that's where we grew up. That's where our expertise lies. So, of course, the prices, they work for rental properties, and that's what we know. So there's never any reason to try to go anywhere else. It sounds like it's more of a case of you being familiar and knowing that area versus intentionally not investing in other areas. Right. You should always, if you can afford to, you should invest right in your backyard. Your goal should be to invest in the closest possible property to what you know, if it makes sense. In this particular area, it does make sense. So yeah, we never wanted to venture out and I don't think we ever will. Let's dig into that a little bit. You said if you can afford to, your goal is to invest in your own backyard. How do you determine if it makes sense or not? What do you look at? Well, you have to run the numbers on the property and see if it can actually cash flow. And that's based on whatever your cash flow goals are, right? Yes. And with the properties that you're buying, what's a a typical deal look like? We buy properties in a couple different asset classes. Um, The suburban properties... You know, we're looking at properties that are going to be single family houses priced. I'm talking all in, like you purchase the property and we put a couple thousand dollars of, you know, cosmetic rehab into it. We're looking at properties that are going to cost between 65 and 75,000 and they're going to rent for about 900 to a thousand dollars. And then when we're on the uh, Cleveland side, we're looking primarily at duplexes. Those are going to run you know, sixty-five to eighty thousand, and the rents are going to be between five fifty and six fifty per unit. How's the supply right now? The supply is pretty good as far as Cleveland goes. Over the last twenty-four months, prices have been you know going up. I would say in the suburbs, it's getting harder and harder to find single-family homes in the sixty-five to seventy-five thousand dollar range. They're slowly creeping back up. You know, some of the really, really nice single-family houses. In cities like Parma, you know, they're going for a hundred thousand. And then, are you? You said homes and duplexes. I, I believe you also do more units than that, right? Yes, we do apartment buildings as well. We do those in the same general area, and we typically do joint ventures on those with other investors. So we'll bring in a capital investor from typically out of state. They'll put up a large portion of the down payment. We'll put up a smaller portion of the down payment. We'll handle all the property management, but we do the property management at no charge. And then when we broker the deal, there's usually a pretty decent sized real estate commission. We also put that back into the deal as well. With the properties that you've you've been working on, because you said your, your team's responsible for handling the repairs, what are some 
are there common repairs in Cleveland? Because I, I know you know in Texas, uh, or at least in Dallas Fort Worth, there's foundation issues always. What about Cleveland? Outside of the normal repairs that you're going to have all across the country, you know the interior of the units with the tenants, you know, causing damage. Something you have to worry about in Cleveland in the winter. You know, it gets very, very cold, especially if the house sits empty or nobody's monitoring the house or it might have been improperly insulated. You might run into freezing pipes, which is never good. No, that's not no, that's not good at all. <laughs> no, no, it is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fortunately I've, I've escaped that so far, but I know I will not be so lucky in the future. There's always there's going to be some something that's going to happen eventually. What do you do when pipes freeze? When pipes freeze, you got to shut the water supply off and then you have to drain all the pipes and you got to check for cracks and you got to cut that part of the pipe out and replace it. And how do you prevent pipes from freezing? You got to keep the heat on and uh, you got to make sure everything is properly insulated. This year we had a, a record a record cold winter out in Cleveland. So a couple pipes in a few houses that have never had a problem before even ended up freezing. And at that point, you just have to turn the water off and cut that part out and replace it. All right, James, this is the, the big part of the show. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice, especially if you're looking to invest out of state, would be to do your due diligence. I suggest you fly out to the particular areas you're interested in. I suggest you drive around those areas, get a feel for the neighborhoods, see the houses, see the type of people in those neighborhoods to make sure that it's something you're comfortable with. I have countless stories of investors that I've met through other sites that ended up purchasing houses in Cleveland on the complete wrong side of town. I've seen guys that spent thirty, forty thousand dollars cash on duplexes, got a property manager, things went okay for a couple months. The tenants ended up leaving. The house got totally stripped, furnaces, hot water tanks, plumbing, everything taken out. And they're in such distressed areas. You couldn't even sell the house for nearly what you paid. It wouldn't make sense to put it back together. I've had a few people that I had to sell their house that they bought for thirty, forty thousand. They reached out to me and I ended up selling their house for three, four, five thousand dollars. So Ouch. by taking a trip out to Cleveland and seeing the difference between an area like that or a nice area, you won't run into that situation. Where is an area like that in Cleveland? There are rough pockets. Uh, most of them are on the east side of Cleveland. The the eastern area of the city of Cleveland ha- has some very, very rough spots. Nothing that I would ever consider investing in myself. And when you're driving around the areas and looking at the houses and the neighborhoods, when you're looking at it, what are you looking for? To see if it's you know a horrible area versus a pretty solid area. Yeah. How do you determine that? Well, from an outside perspective, you know, say you just flew into Cleveland, you don't know anything else other than what you're seeing while driving. If you're driving down a street and you pass 20 lots, 10 of them are empty because the house is torn down and then another five lots are completely boarded up. You'll see houses where it's boarded up and people have spray painted very large on the plywood. The copper's gone. Do not enter. If you see that, (laughs) turn around. You're in the wrong area. Reminds me of where I was born, Flint, Michigan, and driving through there recently. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's pretty easy to realize when you're driving if, if you're in a blighted area or not. 
Have you ever gone outside of the Southwest zip code to invest in other properties and, and kind of got your hand slapped and then came back to what you, you're doing now? No, not at all. And, you know, I've grown up here. I've grown up here. So I, I know what's what. And I would never, ever attempt or want to attempt to buy anything in areas I'm, I am uncomfortable with. When you're working with a new client and you know that you're you're trying to determine what they're wanting to buy, what their goals are, how do you approach the initial conversation? Usually when we're working with a new client, most clients find us through our website and we have a, a little investor survey. They fill out their name, their email, if they've ever invested in rental property before and what type of investment they're looking for. Some people are you know, they're only looking to do single family houses in the suburbs. Other people are looking for single family houses in maybe a C neighborhood to try to get a little bit higher returns. Some people want duplexes, triplexes. Other people want to go big. They want to go with the huge apartment buildings. So from there, we contact that investor. We really get to know them, see how many properties they want to buy. We check out their financial situation, see if they're looking to pay cash, if they're looking to finance, if they are looking to finance, have they ever talked to a lender before? If they haven't, we have a network of lenders that we set them up with. You know, really just, you know, see what their goals are and then um, see if our market has something that can achieve those goals. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think the very most important thing for an investor and also an operator is to see what the other side can do and wants to do very early on to make sure that you're actually a fit because you know you're not going to be a fit for everybody. When has it happened where it hasn't been a good fit for either you or them? I mean, if I have uh, single family houses that are running for a thousand dollars and in my neighborhood they're trading for between sixty-five and seventy-five thousand, if I get an investor. You know, and this happens all the time. You know, we'll get investors that will be like, hey, I would love to buy 20 of those, but I only want to pay 35000 per house. That's unfortunately not going to be a good fit. Is there any opportunity to get a bulk discount? Not really, because you're not buying them from the same sellers. You know, we're taking things off the open market. So you know, if you buy 20 houses, you're buying 20 houses from 20 different owners. When you're, when you're working with an investor and you have that initial conversation with them, what's the time frame usually from the first conversation to closing and giving each other a virtual high five? <laughs> That's going to be different per investor. You know, we get investors, they're interested in investing now. They want to buy something as soon as possible. Other people just want us to send them information for three, four, five, six months. They know they want to get involved, but they're just not ready. They want to see what the market has. They might also be checking into other markets. You know, they want to see what Cleveland has to offer, and they're likely contacting people, you know, in Cincinnati or Toledo or, you know, Metro Michigan. They're, they're looking to see all the different areas, and then maybe they're scheduling flights out to see which area they like. So, you know, it's totally different. I have had investors that are incredibly aggressive. They look at a few properties, they look at a few ads, all via the internet, and they're ready to go. Other people want to fly out and meet the whole team, which I absolutely encourage. I encourage meeting the teams and driving the neighborhoods, especially if you're a new investor. Sometimes when we get investors, you know, we'll get people that have been investing in real estate for 20 years. They got 30, 40 houses. They kind of already know the ball game and they're comfortable making a very quick decision. 
But uh, especially for the the new investor, absolutely take the trip out and fly and see the neighborhood. James, you ready for the best ever lightning round? No, I'm ready for the best ever lightning round. Oh, all right. Oh, I am ready. You are ready. I'm let's ready. Let's do it. <laughs> First, let's hear a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. How about getting a financial model from a financial modeling expert? I think that is a brilliant idea. Our previous best ever guest, Bruce Kirsch, it's episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. He's got a special offer for you. And instead of spending hours running the numbers on deals don't, that don't work, um, his, his new software, Valuate, can help you filter out the bad ones in just a couple minutes. And you can try it for free. Uh, yep, free. Uh, just go to app dot get refm.com i know it's a kind of a funky url but you should do it because i've done it and it's it's a really cool um really cool system that he's got set up app.getref.com all right let's do it my friend best ever book you've read i've only read one business book so it's gonna have to be multiple streams of income who wrote that i believe his name was robert Gee, I read this thing about 11 years ago. Uh, it's not even necessarily about real estate either. It's just about business. Uh, the whole premise was you should always have multiple streams of income. In case one of your streams were to dry up, you have several other sources of income coming in. So a lot of stuff in the book you know, may or may not be practical, but just the entire premise that the guy had, I loved it. You know, Always spinning multiple plates. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? I would say the best ever personal growth experience would just be doing some of our first deals, working with tenants for the first time. You know, we didn't exactly follow everything by the book. We did a lot of our our tenant screening and a lot of our decisions were made off of gut and uh, most of it worked out pretty well. Sometimes there's a couple issues, but learning that you have to get your systems in place and adhere to your systems has really helped my career. Best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I did was an apartment building. We bought it at the very end of last year. It's a 21-unit apartment building. It was pretty expensive. It was 635000 The reason that I think it was the best ever deal is we originally started the deal, started the process with another investor that I had met online, and uh, we went back and forth for a couple weeks and decided we wanted to do a deal together. He sent in some earnest money. We got the building under contract. We did inspections. Everything was good. A little bit down the road, something changed in uh, his camp. He ended up involved in a larger deal, and he could no longer do both deals. So we were a little bit stuck. We did all this work with the uh, the listing broker, and now our partner's gone. So I had he gave me 48 hours. He said, if you can find another partner in 48 hours, we're good. So in that 48-hour time period, I had to figure out how am I going to find a capital investor because we needed about $140,000 to get it done. 
trying to find $140,000 in 48 hours can sometimes be difficult. <laughs> but uh, we managed to find two other partners to come on and do the deal with us. And then everything was going smoothly. The seller happened to be doing a 1031 exchange. And the bank, we were assuming the loan, but the bank ended up dragging their feet. And it got to the point where it was December 31st. And if this thing didn't close in 2014, the seller had a potential, he was going to take a potential tax hit of $50,000 if it went into January. So if I didn't get this thing closed out at the last possible day in 2014, the whole thing was going to fall apart. We managed to get everything filed about an hour before the title company closed on that uh, Friday. Wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we were one hour away from losing a 21-unit apartment building. So one partner ends up out of the deal, brought in another two partners, and then literally went down to the last hour of that year. But we still got it done. How'd you find the money within 48 hours? I actually called upon some other investors. Um, one of my biggest investors, he's a person that's been buying houses from me nonstop. I probably sell him four to five houses a month, and we manage them for him. I uh, just presented everything to him. I'm like, look, this is where we're at. These are the numbers on the building. He's like, wow, I think that's a, that's a great deal. I'll be honest with you, though, I don't, I don't have $140,000. However, I have a friend that's been wanting to get involved with this. He's like, let me make a couple co phone calls. He called up one of his friends, and his friend was like, yeah, absolutely. So the three of us did the deal. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Best ever project I am most excited about right now. I am in the process of working on a, it's kind of a different project. Right now, it is a 43-unit building. It's being operated half as a motel, the other half as an apartment building. I have the listing right now, but we're also open to joint venturing it because our plan for this building would be to completely run it as an apartment building. Uh, there's 32, 32 units in there that some of them are being rented monthly. Others are just being rented as a motel. We'd like to add some kitchenettes in there and just completely run them as studio apartments. It's actually right across the street from that, uh, that other building I was just talking about. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that deal. It's uh, going to be the biggest deal we've done if uh, we can pull it off. Best ever way you like to give back? We sponsor a lot of local teams, local t-ball teams, baseball teams, soccer teams. We just like to give back to the kids in the community, you know, help them out with things like that. And what would you say in your experience as a real estate investor is the biggest mistake you've made? Some of the bigger mistakes, looking back, would be how we screened our tenants when we first got started. You know, we, we didn't have other online resources to go to to look for experience. I only ever read one book, which wasn't even 100% a real estate book. So I did a lot of learning, trial by fire. You know, you try something, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't work, you try something else. I never really got burned too bad. Everything kind of worked out pretty well for me. But looking back, you know, we could have ran into some serious problems. One of the first houses I bought you know, they always say you should purchase a house and have six months th six months of reserves. I ended up purchasing this house and didn't even have the money to do a five or $6,000 rehab. I had to use Home Depot credit cards, HH Gregg credit cards. You know, going forward, that's not how you want to go into a rental property. You never want to go into a rental property undercapitalized. But, you know, I was new, I was fresh, I was hungry, and I just went for it. 
I don't recommend others do it, but it did it did work out well for me. I got lucky. And what's the best ever place to reach you, James? The best ever place to reach me would be our website, www.holtonwise.com or holtonwisepropertygroup.com. And also you can reach me on Twitter at, at JamesHWPG. And what's the website again? HoltonWisePropertyGroup.com, or we bought the uh, shortened version of the URL, HoltonWise.com. All right. Well, James, thank you so much for sharing your advice and uh, also your love for the Los Angeles Lakers. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not even a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I don't know why I keep saying. I know you're watches. out. You're out in New York, my man. I found the bone. <laughs> And so I just I just want to keep tugging at it. I I'm actually in Cincinnati now. I moved from New York City to Cincinnati, so I'm your Ohio oh, okay. uh, bre- brethren. So you yeah. moved out of New York? I sure did. Did you move yep. out of uh, New York to continue running cuz I know you bought that really large complex down in Cincinnati, am I correct? You are correct. And I've got a development deal in the works in Northern Kentucky too, so I just wanted to be a lot closer to that stuff and it was time for lifestyle change. But this this conversation has just been great to hear about your business model. I really like the alignment of interests that you mentioned called out where you broker the deal, you handle the repairs, you handle the property management, and then you, if they decide to sell, then you you handle that later. Because so many times we get into properties or there's potential to get into properties where you're, you're sold one thing, but it turns out to be something else. And I really like this. This holds you accountable <laughs> throughout the entire process. And I think the alignment there is is, is awesome. It's, it's great to, to hear. And how you qualify a deal to work on. First, you look at the location. And being in Cleveland, where, you know, any market's got its, it has its rough patches. And in Cleveland, you're focused on the, the Southwest zip codes. And you went through all the zip codes. I was only able to write down one of them, but best ever listeners you can write down others one of my wrote down was 44111 as well as the suburbs around that area and knowing the market being not only knowing the market but if you're investing in another market then flying out to the area you're interested in driving around look at the the homes look at the 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 community what i do is i like to find the closest mcdonald's and i see when that was built because that gives me a sense of of the, the progress of that area and then I also look to see where the Walmart is and go from there because that, that usually is a good indicator. Now it might not be the McDonald's with fast food kind of decreasing. Well you got to look for the nearest Chipotle. I was about to say that exactly. Yeah the Chipotle. Look for those where the nearest one is. That will be a very good indicator of, of path of progress. So thank you for being on the show. And, and obviously, uh, I want to mention the resourcefulness that you had with the 140K in 48 hours. And really, that's a story of what you built up until that point, And then also putting yourself in that position to close on that property. Because if, if you hadn't had gotten into that deal in the first place, then you wouldn't be in a position to close on it, even though you had to scramble within 48 hours. So I had something very similar happen to me, not quite as extreme as your 140K in 48 hours. I had about 220K in about two weeks, which was challenging for me too on my first property. It was actually the Cincinnati property that you mentioned. But you know, you put yourself in that position and then things just tend to, to align themselves. So thank you for being on the show, sharing your advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Actually, Joe, if I could add one more thing, 
you were telling the best of listeners, they can go back and write down some of the zip codes. Another thing that I have provided on the website, biggerpockets.com, if someone were to go to my profile, James Wise, I have actually drawn up a comprehensive map of all the areas we invest in, the type of quality tenants that you're going to receive, the kind of rents you're going to get. So the best of listeners may take a big benefit by reading that if they're ever interested in uh, looking into Cleveland, Ohio. Sweet. Sounds good. Go check it out, best ever listeners. All right, Joe. Thank you. Thank you.